Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Peace of Mind podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about a topic very important to me, and it's something I've had to work through in a couple different ways, um, but I think I've finally pinned it down to a point where I'm satisfied, at the very least. But before we get into that, I would like to share a couple fun facts, or, or yeah, it, they're facts. They're facts. So, as human beings, we've explored the Earth, the oceans, and outer space. And we know we know a good amount of stuff about them. We're like, yep, ocean's really deep, space is really big, all that good stuff. However, one of the things we lack so very much understanding of is the very brains that we use to discover all those things. I want to tell you about a couple strange illnesses and and disorders that people can get that have to do with the mind first of all this one is more common people have heard of it multiple personality disorder or dissociative identity disorder and there are movies there there's a lot of kind of pop culture references to things like this but some of the things and 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 cases that have been studied are truly like mind-boggling there's this guy named Luis Vivet, and he was alive in the 19th century. He suffered from a lot of abuse and neglect as a child. However, he was able to be functioning and intelligent when he was older. And then one day he got bit by a viper, and it traumatized him so much he like lost consciousness and started having convulsions and, and epileptic seizures. And these attacks persisted for a long time and eventually he became paralyzed in the legs so he's in a a a mental hospital for a while and he's being treated and he's having these fits and these seizures and then after like 50 hours of being unconscious he wakes up and then he's able to use his legs again they then release him they say you're good to go but later on he ended up in another asylum where he continued to have these fits and he continued to alternate between being paralyzed in the legs and being a completely fully functioning healthy man. Now, that's crazy, right? I mean, this dude was literally paralyzed in one personality state, and then in the other, he was fine. And that's something we see in all sorts of different cases where someone might have a debilitating disorder or disease or or handicap. And then when they switch personalities, it evaporates as if it were never there. I heard something that I don't know if it is entirely true, so I will not present it as a fact, but there was someone with multiple personalities in which one of them had like late stage cancer. And then when they would change personalities, that cancer would go into remission. Like physiologically, they would see it shrinking. And to me, that says a hell of a lot about the mind-body connection and about just how little we know about what's going on up here. So I wanted to share that with you. Additionally, there is something called foreign accent syndrome, excuse me. People afflicted with FAS suddenly wake up one day speaking a completely different accent, often from countries they've never even been to. 
Doctors can only speculate what it's caused by. They think it's some sort of brain injury, but they aren't exactly sure what kind. So here's what we've learned. Your brain and in its infinite complexity and, and wisdom can just wake up one day and say, you know what? I'm from northeastern Scotland or Southeast Asia, and you are none the wiser. I'm not going to tell you how we're speaking this way or why we're speaking this way. You just are because that's the way it is. So to me, that's some crazy stuff right there. Maybe consciousness, connectivity, past life, uh, resurgence, all sorts of different theories you could come up with there. But it's food for thought. I find it really interesting. And we'll leave it at that. That's all I have to say about that. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. So in the early stages of this podcast, I'm still in the process of figuring out where I want to go with it and the things that I want to talk about and the sort of themes that I want to convey throughout the episodes. And what I want to talk about today is something that I see as foundational to both my life and myself, but also the motive for this podcast. So what I want to talk about is curiosity, or a term I prefer more is wonder and wondering. I've recorded my thoughts on this a few times already, and I keep going back and changing and deleting and re-recording because it's something that I really want to do right and give and do justice to. But it's very all-encompassing in my life, and I'm having difficulty articulating the way I want to, how important curiosity and wonder is to me, and why I think it should be important to you. Now, when I think about my life and the things I've done, the successes I've had, the things I haven't done, and the things I regret and wish I could do, I, I try to find commonality. I try to find things that, oh, well, this worked because I had done that at the time, and then I felt this way about that thing, so I pursued this, or I got rid of this. And I've, I've tried to find something that kind of links that all together and gives overarching driving force, I suppose. We'll call it that. An overarching driving force for the way my life has panned out up to this point. And I've come back to curiosity. I've thought about, you know, amicability, motivation, determination, all those adjectives. But I believe that all those, you know, good qualities one might have that takes them certain places in life, I think they stem from a curiosity, for me at least. And I, I like the idea of those positive attributes stemming from curiosity or wonder. I want to discuss some of the things in my life personally that have been positively impacted by a curious attitude and a curious nature. And then I want to talk about just some general things that maybe haven't happened to me or won't, but could possibly be applicable to other people's lives. I want to start off with a quote from 
British philosopher, British philosopher named Alan Watts. He's fairly well known. You've probably heard some voice recording of him without knowing it. That happened to me lots of times. And then I finally put the name to the voice and I was like, oh my God, I love this guy. But he is one of the Western thinkers who brought Eastern ideals to the West. And as you'll find out later throughout this podcast, I am super into the Eastern ideologies and and philosophies and religions. But Alan Watts tells us to replace fear of the unknown with curiosity. And that really resonates with me personally, because I'm at a point in my life where I have nothing but unknowns. I just came back from a term abroad. I spent more money than I should have. My family isn't locked in and secured with with jobs and finances at this moment. My education is something that is becoming less and less a priority. My relationships with friends are changing. People are graduating. People have graduated. People are moving away. People are staying in the same place. Everyone's growing up, and there's a lot of things that I can't be certain about, and there's a lot of things that I, all I can do is just hope they turn out well. We can plan, we can prepare, and all those are good things, but we know that things like a global viral pandemic could throw a wrench in anything at any time. And a lot of people ask me, you know, what are you going to do? What do you want to do? What are you going to do after this? Are you going to do this? And honestly, my answer is almost always, you know, I don't know. I'll figure it out when I get there. And I kind of hate thinking that way because it feels escapist. It feels non-confrontational, maybe lazy at times. But when I dig deeper into that thinking... I've realized that I'm, I don't have that much anxiety over my future and, and where my life is going to go from here. It's 2022. I'm nearly done my university career, but I may not be doing university this spring. Things are difficult financially and my motivation isn't there and I have other priorities and it's just, it's just a lot sometimes and it's really hard to sort through and find a path that feels stable enough to walk. So I have all these unknowns, and my unknowns could be similar or different to yours, but everyone has unknowns, and the way you meet them determines the success that you have once those unknowns start to clear up, and once the fog begins to clear and you can see the direction you're taking. Your, your preparation for that depends a lot on your mindset. Now, when I think about that quote, go into fearing the unknown with curiosity or replace fearing, un- fearing the unknown with curiosity, that is really comforting to me because I feel as though that's the, the perspective that I have right now. I know myself. I'd like to think I know myself to a certain extent. I know what I'm capable of doing, what I'm not capable of doing, what might be out of my comfort zone, the friends that I have. These are things that I can point to and hold on to. And I kind of have this like excitement for 
figuring out where future me is going to be. And I don't know for certain. And I can take steps now to try to sort that out, but I can't control all the factors to ensure that I get there. So I have this wonder about how the things I do now and the people I meet are going to affect who I am later on. And it doesn't, it's not, it's not anxiety for me. It's wonder, it's, it's curiosity, it's excitement. And I want to make the point that going into things with that mindset throughout all walks of life and all the different parts of it, whether it's friendships, relationships, professional careers, hourly jobs, school, college, whatever it is. When you bring this mindset of eagerness to not only learn, but to question the things you're learning and to question the things you're not learning, to say, I wonder this and how does this happen or why does this happen? It's such a powerful tool that we have and it's one that we're born with. When you're a child, I could guarantee, maybe not guarantee, but everyone knows that kids ask why. Way too much, probably more than they should. At least from an adult perspective, it can get kind of annoying sometimes because honestly, kids will ask questions that we'd like to think we have the answers to, but we really, really don't. And it's kind of funny because the, the kids can see that and they're like, oh, well, why? Well, why? Well, that's silly. And sometimes they'll call you out for doing something that you find completely normal, but they look at you and go, why would you do that? And you're like, oh, why is this kid making me question my life? But anyways, kids, kids are crazy. I love kids. If you don't love kids, that doesn't make any sense because you were a kid once. So you got to show some love to past you. It's interesting that nobody can remember being a kid. Like there's a term called childhood amnesia and it refers to this universal fact that every adult, every genius, every musician, every athlete, every scholar, they don't remember what it was like to be a kid. And everyone's just cool with that. They're like, yeah, you know, that's the way it is. And sometimes you're like, well, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it would be kind of traumatizing to remember your birth. But I don't know. It's weird. It's really, really weird to me. Because I look at kids a lot of the times and I think, man, they have a nice life. Hopefully, hopefully. Bless kids. I hope they're not, you know, the ones who are struggling. That can really mess you up as an adult. When you have these things happen in your childhood, you can see how it shapes someone later on. But you can't really tell until later on. So kids are really moldable and they're, they're really untethered to society and the societal norms. They have all these inquiries inquiries, questions, and and fascination with the world. Oh my goodness, look at this praying mantis that I don't yet have the language to call it a praying mantis, but it is a st stick-like, looks like a stick, but it's green and it moves and kind of is a, like a ninja, even though I might not know what a ninja is. And it's amazing. And they're like, wow, you know, I wonder what that does or what it does. And it's just, they just wonder but they're not expecting an answer to the question. They don't want a scientific explanation of what phylum the praying mantis is in and why its color is green and why it mates the way it does and what sort of aggression habits they have. They don't care about any of that. They just want to wonder. They want to ask the question. They want to imagine and they want to 
enjoy. And that is, in essence, what I want myself and and others to bring into their lives more. The childlike wonder. And it's really easy to get lost from that state. Because like I said in the beginning, our world is just so eager to define things, to categorize things, to say this belongs here because of these character traits it has. No, 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 it can't go over there because it doesn't have these traits. You have to call it that, keep it in this category, and it can't be anything else. If it is something else, it's going against its nature, and that's bad. We don't want that. We don't want change. We don't want dynamic individuals or things. We want something that we can point to and say, that is that, it always has been, and it always will be. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. And sure, it applies in some places, you know, mathematics, we're not going to try and say mathematics, you know, it could be something else. Like, no, I mean, there there are laws of the universe and things like that. I'm not trying to go all uproot every societal norm we have. But really, there's so many things that we just unconsciously accept in our minds. We're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's the way it is. But you actually just, wherever you're listening to this, you grew up in the place that you were born, or you grew up the place you grew up, I should say, because people are born and then move. But anyways, the place you grew up and the people that you meet and the things that you do and the things you don't do all shape your view of how the world should be. But what's hard to constantly keep in your mind is the fact that the planet is huge, way bigger than the place you grew up, and there's more people and more lifestyles than you could ever fathom in your own life. So when you take these things from the society you live in and just accept them as fact and as the best and as maybe not superior, but ideal, you're, you're selling yourself short. When you wonder what it's like to not have that or to have something different, I wonder if I didn't grow up in a stable home with to parents that were, were good to me and in an education system that gave me what I needed, what would my life be like? If you don't wonder those things, you'll go through life with this really concrete mindset. The things that challenge that concrete mindset will be perceived as threats. And when you perceive things as threats, perceive things as threats, excuse me, you're resistant, maybe you're aggressive, maybe you turn inwards and and kind of reject things. But when you don't question the life you have and the life that others have, and you don't just unconditionally wonder without looking for an answer, you aren't going to be living the best life that you could live, in my opinion. And again, that is based on the life that I have lived and the things that I have wondered and the things that I can't imagine. So I want to make this point that being curious is a necessary factor to living a fulfilled life. And maybe you say I'm not that much of a curious person. I disagree. As I said before, Children are innately curious. You are biologically infused with curiosity. And without that, 
you wouldn't be able to be a functioning human. The human species would not be at the space that it is uh, with the things that it has and the things that it can utilize. We only reached this point because we had the capacity to say, oh, I wonder if, if I can use this plant to tie this sharp, jaggedy rock to this long, pointy stick and then defend myself better. You don't know until you try. And you don't try until you have the question to ask. So curiosity can lead to really, really valuable technological, personal improvements, but it can also have intangible effects. So I want to talk about my experience in England this fall. I when I when I talk about it to friends and family back home, I kind of said, oh, it feels like I'm redoing my first year of college or first year of uni. And the reason being is because unlike a lot of the people I met, I wasn't starting my three or four year term at a place that I would stay and and have to befriend people in order to have friends like I did my first year when I was 17. Instead, I came off of about three years of higher education, living with roommates, making friends, having solid foundations of people and a support system and just outreaching and and going to a place that had I not made friends would have been, you know, a bummer, but it wouldn't have meant that I had no friends going forward for the next few years of my life. So what I mean by that is the stakes weren't entirely that high when it came to me, you know, making friends, but I went into it with this really strong desire to get to know people and to get to know different people, to get to know people that I would never have the opportunity to meet or, or know again. And by doing that, I had some amazing conversations. I made some um, amazing connections, people that I will never forget for the rest of my life, people that I could go back and visit someday, people that I could introduce my home and my country to. And I think a lot of that success I can attribute to a curiosity and a fascination and a wondering about the people around me. Because there were no, if you, I mean, if I talk about like survival needs, you know, it's important to create a network and have friends and family you can rely on and stuff. And that's important. But my motivation wasn't out of necessity. It was out of fun and and interest. I wonder what it's like to have parents from two different parts of the world come together and then grow up with two different cultures at your back. And how does that change the view of your world? By asking that question, I could explore conversation with those types of people that I may never have achieved had I not wondered about that. Because if you don't care about learning things or knowing things that you could never possibly know, then you're not going to meet those people or, or maybe you'll meet them, but you won't get to know them, get to know the people who can offer you those experiences and those insights into an entirely another lifestyle, an entirely another worldview. But one of the most interesting parts was that some of the people I met there, I would never 
I loved all of them. I like it, it was truly amazing how many people like I would see like on campus and just be like, "Oh, hey, how you doing?" And maybe I didn't know them at all, but I knew them enough to have that rapport and have that connection. And honestly, I would have loved to get to know everyone, but there just isn't enough time in the day. So a lot of the people I ended up meeting came from very different areas of interest and they had very different lifestyles. And that was cool because I got to kind of pick and choose which parts of myself I wanted to explore and to enhance or to maybe change a bit. And I was curious how meeting these different people would change myself. And when I went into this experience, before I had even left America, I thought, I was like, you know, I might come out of this a whole new person. It was a bit dramatic to say that, oh, I'm going to be an entirely different person after I study abroad. Oh, my God. Yeah, we know. But really, it's a gradual change, and it's interesting how it happens because you don't really see it day to day, but you gain these insights and these opinions and these ideas that ultimately change how you come out of something like that and for me I can really really see that and it wouldn't have happened had I not put myself out there and said you know I don't know a lot of things about life outside of my country I don't know what other people outside of my country think about my country and I really wanted to know and I really wanted to entertain those ideas and I wanted to learn from them and I did and it feels so good and I can I can I can really sharpen the opinions and the perspectives and the values that I hold better based on the people that I met and the things that I did so in the context of being curious with other people and wanting to get to know them and being interested in their life you really foster this open-mindedness that I think goes hand in hand with being curious. You can't call yourself open-minded if you don't wonder about the things that aren't presently in your mind. Now to reiterate that, if someone holds certain political views and they want to have a discussion, they say, you know, let's talk, I'm pretty open-minded. And you share your views and they, you know, maybe bash them or kind of undermine what you say and say, you know, that doesn't make any sense because this, that person isn't open-minded and that person isn't curious about your perspective. And I want to make the point that the ideal in order to relate to people and to be respected by people and to share mutual respect is to be curious about them. Because when someone tells me something I don't agree with, right? Yes, for me personally, sometimes I may be a bit abrasive, But ultimately, I am interested in as to why they think that way. And if I weren't, I would just meet them with, no, you're wrong. Nope, can't be that way because, oh, you're a bad person. Nope, actually, that doesn't make any sense. Check yourself, right? If I did that, I'm not making any friends and I'm certainly not changing any minds. So when you're curious and you're interested in people and you're interested in the things that they feel and the things that they do, you really have so much more power to both connect with them, but also foster respect for from yourself towards them and then for them towards you. And that's really, really important to networking and to also increasing your own self-esteem. You know, when people respect you and you respect them, it, it feels good, right? So why wouldn't you want to do that? You know, be curious about people. 
it feels good. They feel good. People like having questions asked to them. They like when people are interested in them. And it's really, really powerful, right? But you can't achieve that if you go about with this concrete, locked-in worldview of everything I know and see right now is all I'll ever know and see. Like, no, you got to fix that because global pandemic could happen. Your priorities now. Oh, I love to, I love to party. I love going out. You know, that's my favorite thing to do. Boom. COVID lockdown. Oops. What are you going to do now? What's your favorite thing to do now? You got to figure something out. You got to be curious. You got to wonder, but oh, I wonder what it was like. I wonder what it's like to not go out every night, every weekend and to, you know, maybe learn to play piano or something sweet like that. Not dissing people who like to party, not my intention, but my point is when you aren't curious, you limit yourself in a lot of different ways. And I'm really, really good at being vague and redundant and, and that at certain times. But I want to share with you another quote that I heard that I think can reiterate a lot of the points I've been making. And that would be something I heard from a meditation teacher. I believe she was Buddhist and she, I, th I think, I don't know if she came up with this herself or she heard it from a teacher, but basically the quote goes like this. The boundary of what you accept is the boundary of your freedom. United States of America, land of the free, home of the brave, right? But I would argue that we aren't that free because in my experience, very limited, keep in mind, our country really thinks we know a lot of things and we also don't accept a lot of things. We, we say we accept a lot of things, but... If you look around, you're like, oh, do we really accept that many things? What I mean by that, and to avoid going into a rant about the politics of America, the boundary of what you yourself accept in your world about yourself, about other people, about your environment that you live in, that determines the amount of freedom you have to navigate that space in a positive and peaceful nature. So to explain the quote, once again, if you can't accept certain aspects of the world around you, things outside of yourself that you cannot possibly control, whether that's maybe the weather. We'll start with an easy one. The weather, other people's actions, you know, maybe your friend stabbed you in the back and you can't accept that. And you really, really think this friend shouldn't have done that. And you know based on your friendship that that is not something they would do or should do and you are really stuck because you want to maintain this friendship and you maybe it's getting a bit toxic but you just you can't accept that they would do that and and it's really a struggle for you so your level of freedom with that friend and in your life is going to be really constricted and limited because you aren't accepting something that is it doesn't matter if you agree or not if you if you disagree or have distaste for things other people do or things that your society or town or city or country does that's all you can have is distaste you can't you can't deny that it occurs because by doing that you're limiting your ability to navigate successfully not just navigate through space but navigate through emotions and through 
the the mental burdens that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. When you don't accept the way things are, you have no capacity to improve them. So how this relates to curiosity is that a curious person doesn't just accept things the way they are. Because the way something is always includes thousands and millions of other possible variations of the way that thing could be. When I think about my own life, I am, as I said before, sort of at a crossroads, maybe not even a crossroads, maybe like the mouth of a river that has like 15 different flows that I could travel down. I don't know if that made sense, but you can you can imagine the picture. It's just like a one point and then like 15 other points. Anyways, if I just accept that going to university immediately after high school and staying with it for four straight years and taking out the loans I need to pay my tuition and my board and my living costs, if I accept that that is the way things are, then my freedom is limited, right? Maybe I want to work and get get my money up, or maybe I want to exercise more, or spend more time with my family, or, or, or read books, I don't, whatever it is. I don't have the freedom to do that because I have accepted this path as the path. And that is really, really scary to me. And it's something that I've been dealing with a lot lately because there are so many things where I wonder what else I could do. And this fall, while I was in England, while I was contemplating my life paths and thinking what I wanted to do, I was looking up master's schools and, and graduate programs that I want, might pursue. And I found this website with volunteer programs. And it was really, really interesting. So currently, I have applied, been accepted to, and laid a deposit down to go on a trip to Thailand and live and work on an elephant care facility for a couple weeks, month, however long I end up deciding. But when I, when I made that decision, maybe not even decision, pre-decision, I was getting really like flustered and, and sort of like I was doing something wrong, maybe. The, the f- physiological reactions, I was, I, was, I was kind of like tearing up a little bit, reading about elephants, by the way, like I was... Elephants are so cool. And I was thinking about looking at one in the eye and I was like, wow, that would be really, really crazy. But anyways, I felt as though I was deviating from some path that had been set for me and it was scary and it caused me a lot of anxiety. But then I was like, hold on. I wonder what it would be like to go to Thailand and take care of elephants for a month. And then I was like, you know, I kind of would like to do that. And then once I had kind of had that thought, I'm like, now, why shouldn't I do that? Who's to say that that would be an irresponsible decision? And b- besides myself, because I was like, you know, I got to finish school. I got to stay on track. I got to keep with my academics. And But I don't want to right now because I've just had all these things and, and COVID and online and finances and things get complicated. And it's really hard to just, it's hard for me to just put my head down and kind of charge through stuff for the sake of charging through stuff when I don't agree with the fundamental reason to charge through that stuff. I have had numerous successes and really significant points of growth in my life outside of university in the past three years. And I 
can't help but think that that is possible in so many more different ways for myself and for you and for everyone. So the reason I got to that point was because I asked the question, you know, what if I don't do this? And I wonder what it'd be like if I did this. And that has brought me so much satisfaction and excitement for life. And I really think that that's something everyone can achieve and that's something everyone can apply to their own lives. Whether you're in school, whether you're working a job, hours on hours, just really, really putting in the work. Maybe things aren't super exciting outside of that. Maybe that's kind of what you do and then you go home and you do your required eating and resting and then you go back to it. And that is something I've done and it's something I didn't enjoy all of the time, but I tried to apply curiosity to that endeavor and it really paid off. You know, the job I worked, I worked way too many hours. It was financially helpful, but it was really, really stressful and I lost a lot of socialization time. But I got promoted really quickly because I was interested in the job and I was interested in the workings and the behind the scenes and the ingredients and the recipes and the people. And it paid off so much. And it wasn't because I'm endowed with these extra traits that put me at an advantage over other people. Not at all. It is just the fact that I've said, you know what? This is the place I'm in. This is the place where I'm going to be for the foreseeable future. So I might as well put my full mental capacity towards it. And doing that involves asking questions and and wondering how something works and why it works the way it does and wondering if there's a better way to do something. And it's just, it's so important to do that in your life. And I really am grateful that I am able to, to, to recognize it for myself, recognize the aspects that have worked and to accept them as they are and say, you know what, that's okay to pursue. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But you can't be afraid of things that you have no idea about. I mean, you can, and it's really easy to, and I do all the time, but it doesn't get you anywhere. It's paralyzing, if anything. So just be be interested. Be interested in what you can do. I've really wanted to learn to play an instrument for a while, and it's something that I've kind of given myself an arbitrary before I'm 30 goal, right? And But I've never thought of myself as a musical person. I didn't do instruments in, I mean, I played the recorder when I was in elementary school, and that was pretty much all the organized instrument playing I did. But if I don't, if I don't kind of look up and, and, and look at myself and say, you know, I wonder if I could play an instrument, then I'm never going to play an instrument if I don't ask that question. The things that you are capable of right now are not the things that you will be capable of 10 years from now, five years from now, however long it is. We're constantly changing and growing, maybe backsliding at times. All of us do that. But the person you are today is going to be extremely different from the person a few days from now, a few days before, 
stretch that out to whatever time period you like. But if you're not interested in that person, both now, future, and past, you're not going to learn anything about yourself. You're not going to improve anything about yourself. And what I find really fascinating, not necessarily fascinating, maybe a bit sad or discouraging, is that I, myself included, just discount myself from being able to do things or being able to be certain things. You know, I can never do that. But it's crazy to me that we can so easily do that, just write ourselves off. And if we're curious about what our future selves can do and where they're going to take us, then the ourselves now wondering and being curious about that are going to lay the groundwork for that person in the future. And I know that this has gotten a little bit time, relativity, spiritual, all that stuff, but it's really important. It's really important to think about things in a different way. And it's important to wonder how things might turn out, but not in a, not from a perspective of fear or anxiety. Because those ultimately, in certain doses, they can be constructive, but ultimately they're paralyzing and they prevent you from gaining the enjoyment that you can and should get from the life that you have. One of the most interesting things I heard in regards to curiosity and self-help or, or self-awareness was a study that was done on cigarette smokers. And one of their treatments was very, it's very mindfulness-based. There wasn't any sort of chemical intervention or, or cold turkey or anything like that. What they were asked to do was to be curiously aware of every single step, every process, every bodily uh, sensation, every mental trigger towards their addiction or their bad habit. And they wanted to express that this can be stretched to any sort of bad habit. When you're curiously aware of your sensations and your urges, you gain this higher level of observation on yourself. And what I mean by that is, for me personally, right, I have a severe sweets addiction, and it causes visible and non-visible bodily issues that I don't like, and I regret, and I just want to remove from my life, but it requires this overcoming of this habit that I have. When I'm curiously aware of the moments in which I get urges and the moments in which I act on those urges, I'm not just running on autopilot. A lot of times when we want to do something or we have something that's a habit that we do that we might want to break or we might not want to break, but we can recognize as, as negative, we run on autopilot in those moments. And by being curiously aware, you're switching back to manual control. And everything that you do is subject to your own critique and everything that you do can be analyzed step by step. All right, I 
got the craving. I'm walking down the stairs towards my kitchen. All right. Um, why am I walking downstairs towards my kitchen? What am I doing? I'm opening the cabinets. I'm looking. Oh, there's the Oreo pack. It's always there. Am I reaching for one because I want one or am I reaching for one because it has been there for 10 years and it is a habitual muscle memory thing? I don't know. But by doing that, I can, I can, I can break those habits through the use of my own willpower, which is something that a lot of people don't see as being possible. And I myself never really saw as being possible or maybe not impossible, but extremely difficult. I've known people who have, have struggled with addiction and it's not something that you can just say, yeah, that's pretty bad. I should stop doing that and then stop doing it. It doesn't work like that, unfortunately. So curiosity can even play a role in these, peop- in these, in these people's lives that really need some sort of intervention in order to improve their lifestyle. Now, when I originally had planned to talk about curiosity and wonder I had certain things written down that I wanted to discuss and then I wanted to make sure to mention and it really kept tripping me up because I like I said I'm not good at following these these scripts I'm very kind of flow of consciousness I say things as they come but I think that talking about my own life is is important because that's really the only experience that I have to base these things off of and I want to kind of reiterate the points I've been making. So when we go about our daily lives, there are an unimaginable amount of things that we just kind of accept as normal and accept as the way. And what I want you to do is to kind of keep your awareness up for those things that are you know, just why do I do that? Or, or why does this person feel that way? And by doing that, you are opening up so many doors that were previously closed to you, whether that be in the form of relationships, opportunities, insights, ideas, passions, whatever they may, may be. If you don't question the things you're doing now and the question things that other people are doing, you have no reference point to change or improve those things. So if you take anything at all, when you go about your day, whatever it is you're doing, just be aware and be curious about the things you're doing and feeling. Because without that observation and without that awareness and that that critique, that wondering that we have as people, we're not getting anywhere. As a society, as individuals, as communities, people need to question the status quo in order to foster positive change. So I've shared a lot of these things and these thoughts based on the fact that I feel as though it is greatly improved my life and and contributed to where I'm at currently and whether or not that's a desirable state is kind of up to the individual I mean maybe objectively I'm a, a partial college dropout sitting alone in his room talking into a microphone maybe that's not for everybody but that's okay what I want to encourage you to do is to 
just question the things that you do in your life and question the established ideas that you accept in your life on a day-to-day basis, on a larger scale, whatever it may be. But you're not going to make any dramatic change and you're not going to make any dramatic improvements unless you look for the things that are maybe so normal that you think that they're ideal when in reality it's just something comfortable. Something interesting that I heard was nothing squashes curiosity like tradition. And I I really agree with that point. There are so many things that are done all the time because those are the things that have always been done. And if you don't ask yourself about those things and ask others about those things, you're not going to decide whether they're for you or not. Someone else will decide if they're for you or not. And I am really about writing my own doctrine and determining what life can offer me and determining what I want from life. And I don't think I can achieve that without fostering my sense of wonder for things. And if you can, that's amazing. Everyone has their own way. But this is mine, and it's something that I've really tried to hone in on. And I want to continue to read and learn and, and question and, and, and break boundaries and leave my comfort zone because I really think that's really, really important. Life is change. To expect things to stay the same is to set yourself up to be pushed over. And it's honestly really intimidating sometimes, the place I've put myself in and the decisions I've made, because I don't know if it's going to pan out. I really don't know. But I hope it does, and I'll be excited if it does, and I wonder if it does. And that's really all I can do. And that's really all any of us can do. Hope things work out. I want to kind of close out with a quote from the great Albert Einstein. I have no special talent. I am only passionately curious. Here we have a man who tells us more about our relation to the universe than anyone really ever has in history. He will forever be remembered. He is constantly quoted, constantly referenced, constantly cited, and he will forever be those things. And he himself is identifying the fact that he isn't innately better than anybody. He doesn't have any talents that set him apart. He's not something that you or me will never live up to. He merely fostered the innate curiosity that being born as a human provided him with. And by doing so, he left a footprint on the world and on the universe that will never, ever be erased. Every one of us has a 
spark inside that is pulling us towards one thing or another. Whatever that may be, you won't find it unless you allow your inner curiosity to pull you in that direction. For Albert Einstein, he was interested in the cosmos, and he wondered about his place in the universe, and he wondered about his place amongst people, and he got really damn close to finding those answers. But even after going that far, there are countless quotes of him saying, you know, I didn't even figure anything out. I came all this way and there still wasn't an answer. So his answer was stop looking for answers. Just question things, wonder things, and your life will change before you get a chance to know it. What are the things that you find truly amazing, truly fascinating, unimaginably cool, something that makes you go, that's crazy. What are those things? Pursue them. Recognize them, accept them, pursue them, and just wonder. Thank you very much for tuning in to the podcast today. It really means a lot to me. I really enjoy doing it. And the fact that people can enjoy listening and get something out of it just makes it a true blissful experience. I want to give a further thanks and shout out to Ayush Chabra for providing this wonderful musical sample. Going to keep things spicy, keep making little tweaks and changes here and there. And from here on out, episodes will be dropping every Sunday with occasional bonus episodes dropping sometime in the middle of the week. So again, thank you for listening. I hope you have had a wonderful day or that the day you're about to have is equally joyous. Thank you and good night.